Come on in, come on in, next patient. Hello, doctor. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, very nervous. I not know all of my symptoms. They are uh, unusual, to say the least. Well, tell me about your unusual symptoms. What what have you what have you got going on? I I I like to keep up on on other people's weeks, hmm. uh, and 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 to know what they have played and, and watched and listened to. Hmm. How curious. There's a couple of couple of conditions this could be. Could you tell me anything further? Um. It usually involves a a couple of trans lesbians. Ah. I think I may have a, a suspicion what your um, diagnosis is. Can I just check one final um, potential symptom? Do you um, do you find that they do skits and silly voices from time to time? Yes, silly voices. Yes. Well, I think I, I I'm, I'm I'm happy to let you know that it's it's a it's not a it's not a life threatening condition. Oh, You've just please. got a case of queer and pleasant strangers. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where mm. two trans queer women talk about our weeks and what we've been up to and the such. How are you this week, Jane? Um, alright. Lots, lots going on. There is it's lots going on. It's a busy time. It is a very busy time, but it's, it's positive busy, I think. Yeah, I think generally... We're doing lots of lots and lots of organising, lots and lots of sorting, things like that. Um, so much organising. I I had the news today that I have. Um, well, by the time that you hear this, it will have already happened. But two days <gasps> from recording, there's an inspection happening at my my house, and as Ugh. such, I've basically been running around like a headless chicken trying to get the place spotless. Uh, I've been doing all the work. So so many things. So many oh, things. Heck. Yeah. We we had a we had a nice weekend this weekend, didn't we? We certainly did. We we went and we had, went and had a good wiggle, which is always appreciated. Went and had a good dance, uh, and then just had a couple of very chill days. It was very nice. It was very nice. Yeah. Should we should we start with what we played again this week? Because that seems to always be where we start. Uh, yes. Um, I think you should probably start that one, as I have. Uh, well, I mean, you did most of the listing. Uh, okay, <laughs> we played things together. Um, we played Cluster Puck '99. Yeah, that's. Mm, I don't know how to feel about that game yet. It's a three-year-old party game, originally released on at least Steam that I can see. Yeah, so the whole idea is that you you control these little circles and you have to try and get a puck and shoot it into the other person's goal, but there's like things that make you go fast or bounce into or hazards to stop you doing that. And the idea definitely seems to be, like, get lots of people playing locally, it all gets a bit hectic, that's the fun. Mm. We were having a weird time with it, where playing one-on-one, whoever gets the puck first basically can't be caught. Pretty much. If if you get the puck and are more than, like, a centimetre of screen space away from the other player, it's like, no, they just can't catch up to you. Yep. And that's kind of sucky. Like, the game doesn't work super well local, like, two-player multiplayer. Mm. Uh, we tried a bit with with bots, uh, with AI, and we tried a bit on some of the more, like, complicated stages where there was, like, lots of randomization happening. And yeah. I think it was more fun when 
it was more hectic, but also it was very tough to tell which was you and which was the other circles on your team. Yeah. It all gets rather jumbled in. Um, I can't believe it was originally released in 2015, but I suppose looking at the graphics, that's not terribly surprising. Um, but the the little disky people are apparently just people with weird round heads, just viewed from the top. And then the puck is like a ball, apparently, according <laughs> to the video. <laughs> that 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 seems about right for what was happening. Yeah, I guess. Very very strange game. Yeah, it it was an odd one. Um, I feel like it would be more fun with more people. Yeah, more like I feel people. like. I feel like four, six, eight players who were all yeah. real people in the same room and not AI would probably be quite fun, but yeah, we just weren't quite finding the fun that, like, presumably is in there. Presumably. Allegedly. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, what else this week? Um, what else have I played? Uh, we played some more Magic Gathering. Oh yeah, we we've 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 been learning the rules together because neither of us really knows what we're doing with it. It seems. Uh yeah, I mean the last time I, I played it sort of seriously was quite some time ago, so I've forgotten some bits. I know all the import mo- most of the sort of important yeah. bits, but we we got a bit. Con- as it's been mentioned before, Magic <laughs> Gathering is complicated as heck. Yeah. It doesn't help that they occasionally change rules to just be, oh, this is called this now. Yes. Okay. So, okay. so we so that... we were having a bit of confusion, weren't we? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, we we got a bit confused over we um we were Equipper's playing sorcery. Yeah, equipper sorcery was a thing, and like apparently the way that's meant to be read as is like during times when you can do sorceries, equip this item and it stays equipped, but. Because sorceries generally only last like until the end of the turn they're used, we were in this position of like, wait, does that mean you can only equip it for one turn? And then that makes the whole thing of the deck sort of break apart. And it turns out, no, yeah, you, they do stay equipped beyond the end of the turn. It's fine. It's just badly written. Indeed. Hence doing revisions when they redo cards. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that was fun. We 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 sunk our teeth back into that. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm enjoying uh, learning this game. You've been having particular luck with a game you've been playing for some time. Oh, which one's this? Well, it's your game. You tell the oh, thing. Oh, is it Pokemon Go? Are you, is that what you're it referring to? It is Pokemon to? Go. Yeah. So here's here's like fun facts about Pokemon Go. Um. I am only two Pokemon away from completing the Kanto Pokedex, which is like the original 151 Pokemon from red, blue, and yellow. Um, I filled in a couple of gaps, like recently I caught a Snorlax, which I'd somehow not caught before, things like that. But all I have left to catch now is a Mew and a Mewtwo. And it looks like, hopefully by sudden day, by the day you're listening to this, and like, check my twitter tweet me if you want to know if i managed it but hopefully by the time you're listening to this i should have caught both of them and i should have my complete 151 which makes me very very excited (laughs) Um, there's this whole big thing with trying to get mewtwo where basically there's a random lottery for who gets invited to have a chance to catch mewtwo um it's to do with which locations you've done raid battles at and They basically randomly select, let's say that Trafalgar Square, for example, maybe there's a gym there and like there was going to be a Mewtwo raid there. 
they would randomly pick from people who had recently done raids at that gym to invite to do the raid at that gym. So in my local area, I've been doing lots and lots of raiding, trying to raid at as many different gyms as possible. So no matter where the next thing pops up, I will have raided there recently in the hope, you know, to get myself in the running. And uh, a couple couple of years into Pokemon Go, I've never had one of those invites. Lots of them go out. They go out like two, three times a week. I've never had one. Finally got one this week. So the day you're listening to this episode, I will be off fighting Mew and hopefully catching it. Yay. So yeah, that's that's been my my Pokemon Go week. I've I've um I've been continuing my quest to get a Mew, which involves doing a bunch of like different quests on the way. Uh the mm-hmm. one that was holding me up was I had to catch a Ditto, which I already had a Ditto, but I had to catch a Ditto again during the quest. And I've been trying for about a week to find one without luck, and then I accidentally stumbled on one today. Um I did someone someone in my town like spotted one and told me where it was. I sprinted for about 15 minutes, didn't get there in time, was walking home, just catching whatever, accidentally caught one I didn't know was there. So, yeah, that is my Pokemon Go update. Yeah. What about you? Have you played anything else? Not a thing. Not a thing? Well, I've got one other thing I can play, I can talk like very, very, very briefly about. Um, I can give some very early preview thoughts on Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. Um, mm-hmm. on the Switch. What I will say is that I still don't think that Donkey Kong platformers control as precisely or tightly as Mario platformers, and I, as a result, don't I don't enjoy the way the jump feels as yeah. much, and that's always been a problem for, for me with Donkey Kong, and it continues to be a little bit of a problem here. Um... We'll we'll see how I feel when I've played more of it. I've I've not played much of it at all. I've only played enough to go. Yeah, this still feels like Donkey Kong. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm going to stick more time into it, and um, in in a couple of weeks I'll be able to talk. Uh, I'll be able to talk more at length. So that is my very quick preview thoughts on Donkey Kong. And oh, oh wait, I oh. did play another thing. But anyway, <gasps> what did you play? Finish, if 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 you have other thoughts, no no, I'm done. That was my last oh, thing. Was you done? Yeah. Okay, I, I played Masters of Anima. What is that? It's a bit like medieval Pokemon, but with tiny golems. Oh, this is the thing that they follow you around like Pikmin. Uh, yeah, they're 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 like um, yeah, they're basically Pikmin that you summon or unsummon using your summony skills. Um, plot is I, I wasn't super focused on it to be honest. It seems there is a bad person who has done bad things and is creating some kind of schism in the world and it's raining big red rocks from the sky and if you destroy them you can get more sort of energy to summon more Pikmin creatures. Uh, So far I've found two types of Pikmin creatures. uh, Guardians who... um, Are they guardians? Protectors. People with shields. Um, (laughs) They sort of run in and hammer things and can take quite a lot of damage. Uh, then you've got the uh, archers who sort of stand slightly further back. They talk in in the uh, game. I think I'm probably still in what is technically a tutorial, but I'm, it's just not gripping me. Ah, uh, that's a um, shame. So yeah, I've only got sort of the two types so far. I believe there's at least four. So there is that to look forward to. If you need something pick mini, I imagine that's an option. Mm. Um, I didn't find it had quite the the charm. I wasn't a huge fan of the, of the main character. 
Um, he's just, I don't know. There's, there's a lot about him I, I just wasn't super keen on. He doesn't seem super keen on his mission right from the beginning. It's like my girlfriend or whatever she, whatever she is. Um, she's like the master summoner and she does all this and that and the other. But I don't really care. I just want to go and save her. It- it sounds oh, uh, like she's been kidnapped. Cor- correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like Shattered. it's just a bit like bland and generic in places. It's just like in- interesting mechanical concept, but just not doing anything. Mechanics, um, yeah. That Pikmin did better. Um, nice art style. It kind of reminded me of. Uh, now I can't remember what it reminded me of. It reminded me of something. It reminded me. It's it's sort of vague fantasy. Um, I suppose it's slightly um, uh, Warcraft styley. Okay. So that's sort of vaguely cartoony, um, but uh, with the sort of isometric view. Mm. It's all right, I suppose. If you need another hit of that sort of thing, maybe if you play further, you'll have more fun than I did. It's just not. It just did not grasp me. It's just not lighting your world on fire. No, it's it's. Um, Holding up a small candle about half a mile away in a very densely wooded area, <laughs> yeah. um, but you know it's it's not unpleasant. It doesn't it doesn't control too badly, so maybe it'll be for someone. But it, I was not super digging it. So, uh, yeah. and with that, let's go to the next thing. That was possibly the shortest played section we've ever had. I know I might leave this in just oh that was so short. Okay, now we'll go into the other thing. <laughs> I can't help looking at you. You're just so gorgeous. You look so Oh, I, I could just oh, I could just eat you. I want you inside me. Oh, I want to taste you. I want to feel you with my lips. I want to slide you down inside my throat. Oh, you just look so good. You look so fantastic. Just, oh, those baps. I just, I don't know, I, I can't control myself around you. I just want to, oh, I just want to feel you. Oh, come on, come to me, come to me. Oh. Look, I'm a vegan cheese sandwich. Can you just get around to eating me already? Uh, okay, Gary. Oh, I feel strangely satisfied. So full inside, you filled me up. Today on the Documentary Network, we will be learning about the origin of memes. Now, follow us, uh, follow us over to rural Wales, where we will meet the man who farms memes. Hello there. Uh, so today, as you can see, we're, we're just running through this uh, latest crop. These are the all, uh, uh, a brand new crop we've had in. These are uh, OC Choppers memes uh, coming thick and fast. They're really growing very hardy. Of course, we've, we've seen some of the others over there. There's the, uh, the anti-joke chicken. Doesn't seem to be doing quite as well. Yes, um, I've always wondered, I think our viewers would like to know as well, how can you tell when a, when one of the memes you're growing is fresh or whether it has uh, seen better days? 
well, you know, you they just seem to die off on their own after a while. I mean, we had a, a couple of years when it was nothing but sudden clarity clarence as far as the eye could see, but then he just sort of, of died off uh, sometime around uh, the uh, mid-2000s. I'm not quite, quite sure what exactly happened there, but uh, I suppose they lost popularity and then there was uh, all the I can has cheeseburgers they seem to have really died back quite a lot so is it is it just a case of law of averages you just sort of um, grow and harvest a little bit of everything and see which crops happen to reach maturity and um, be, become fresh once they they're out in the world we tend to just take a selection of interesting looking pictures taken entirely out of context, uh, plant them all across the fields that, we, 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 that we've uh, especially ploughed in advance, and then we just spray them with impact font and hope for the best. Oh, wonderful. And is there anything that um, people who are trying to get into the, the, the meme harvesting business should, should know? Avoid the fucking frog. Indeed. Well, thank you very much. This has been The Man Who Farms Memes. Join us next time for some other documentaries that I'm sure will be equally legitimate. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) For something. What have you watched this week? Oh, well, some of the stuff that I watched this week, I watched with you. Just as most of the things we played, we played together. Yeah, we did a lot of consuming media together this week. Should we talk about a series of unfortunate events, season two? Because cause we, we watched shall. that together. Yeah, I think um, despite the obvious subject matter and so forth, I, I felt like season two was a lot more bleak. <laughs> uh, yeah, it it definitely ramps up as it goes, that series. Yeah, um, it's it's still very good, still very well shot. Uh, I like the music. I think the the casting continues to be spectacular on it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, am am I yeah, a lot darker than the first season? Yeah, if I remember right, you you come you came into this having not read the books. The series I still have not read the books. Yeah, and my my perspective is as someone who has read the books, and I I don't know what your perspective is on this, but I'm I've just been really enjoying how good of a faithful adaptation of the books this is. Like oh. this. This is probably the best book to live action media adaptation I've ever seen in terms of like, it really keeps the tone, the core plot points. It's not skipping out on anything big. It's giving enough time to tell each of those stories properly. Like it's, it's a really good adaptation. Yeah. And um, I, I, I have nothing to base it on. I haven't even seen the, uh, the film that was made previously. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm not so, a big fan of Jim Carrey, so it was. Yeah, here's here's what I'll say about that movie. Uh, you know how you've been watching this series, and they do like an hour and a half per story. Yeah. Imagine if they tried to fit the first three stories, so the first like six episodes of season one, right, into seventy minutes. Seventy. Yep, into a seventy-minute film. Um, so you get maybe twenty to twenty-five minutes ish per per story and they then try and like leave it on a cliffhanger happy ending chinkies that is just bad yeah bad storytelling there is there is no time for like any of these stories to develop properly it just kind of rushes through it no time to care yeah which is i think the thing i've really liked about this is 
they're giving every one of those stories like proper time to breathe. Hmm. But you have yeah. time to have some downtime like before they reach their crux. Yeah. That's good. It's it's um yeah, it's it's been a good series. I've I've quite liked a lot of characters. I felt sorry for a lot of the characters. So yeah. It's good that there is that connection because um Obviously, if if it had, I think it had, if it had been rushing along, there just wouldn't have been time to, to yeah. give a damn about any of them in that slightly Avengers movie kind of way. I I agree with you entirely. Also, my name is Carmelita. <laughs> that keeps going. <laughs> that keeps going through my head this week. I've had that stupid Carmelita song stuck in my head. Cake sniffer. Uh, cake sniffer. Uh, so yeah, have you watched anything else this week? Uh, what else have I watched? Uh, we watched some One Punch Man. Oh yeah, so the dub, not the sub. Yeah, I I have been binging the 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 series. I finished the series. Oh, okay. already. <laughs> I think we wow, watched okay. like three or four episodes together. I think. Uh, I think it was like three episodes. Yeah. How how did you find One Punch Man? I see, I didn't quite. I mean, maybe I haven't watched enough of it yet. Um, uh, I didn't really know where what to make of it quite it's because hmm. part of it feels like a big like a, a big anime with like big things going on and uh, this sort of interesting concept and then obviously it, it feels like it sometimes it's almost taking the piss out of like anime yep. tropes or anime style tropes and I'm like, are you taking yourself seriously or not so much? I, it, I don't really know. Honestly, uh, like, having finished season one, it kind of always wants to be doing all of them. And it does a lot of yeah. switching back and forth. And you have to just kind of be okay with, like, okay, sometimes this will be serious. Sometimes this will be a send-up of the genre. Sometimes this will be, you know... It does mess around with a lot of different genre things. Because, like, you've got interesting story of, hey... Uh, superhero that you know wants to uh, wants to rise up through the ranks of the hero academy and then you've got oh. like ah oh, here's these really intense fight scenes and then there's i'm a man who got too good at punching and now i'm quite sad because nothing gives me a challenge anymore and then there's the whole thing with um the cyborg guy telling his oh. backstory oh yes he's, he's telling his backstory for like four minutes and the the <laughs> protagonist is just like no shut up shut up give me the cliff notes <laughs> it's, and the thing is is like I, I kind of appreciate that even when it's doing that gag where it's like here is the stupidly long backstory legitimately interesting overly long backstory he gave <laughs> like I would watch a show about that backstory it just feels I mean that feels very much like an anime trope yeah. and the fact that the the main character was just sitting there just trying not to fall asleep but, during it here's, here's the thing what i'll say is as that series goes on okay. it it spends less time being jokey not serious and it starts doing a lot more with like interesting viewing of like the main character saitama and like hey hmm. here's here's his thoughts and opinions on things and his sort of like character development um mm. it, they do a lot in sort of the middle of the season of of bigging up this whole thing of like he is the most powerful person who has ever existed but he very much understands that like people don't need that sometimes people just need they need to see someone stand up and fight and push and like try 
Mm. And as such, like, he has, like, a little moment in the middle of the season where he's like, yeah, sometimes I've just got to, like, I've got to be the villain so that those people who didn't actually save the day can still be seen as the hero the world needs. And, yeah, there's there's some really nice stuff that series touches on. Hmm. It, it's not particularly long. I think it's 12 episodes and they're all 20 oh. minutes each, so... Do the enemies get any less silly? Um... They get more serious sometimes as they go, um, but but still, here's the thing. I I don't want to spoil too much, but like by the time you get to the end, you get villains who, on arrival, seem much more serious, and then extrapolate up to ridiculous silly levels of like anime protagonist villain. Okay, so it's sort of going a bit Dragon Ball. It goes a little bit Dragon Ball, but like it. (laughs) pokes it, it knows that it's doing it it pokes some fun at it okay i mean yeah. it was quite silly with the whole the lobster person and then the hot rod person oh yes yes and then the mole people and <laughs> then the not dream mole people yes it's it's a series that like having watched it through like in the the dub now i'm like i really like this series i it's it's weird i don't quite know how to recommend it and like there are definitely people that it's shifting of focus is not gonna work for but i quite like it hmm. well i certainly um we'll probably watch some more of it at some point yeah uh should i talk about another thing i've seen this week tell me a thing you've seen this week um I watched a, a 10 minute vice documentary uh called the artist with multiple personalities um, I also kind of watched that. Yeah, you, you caught most of it, I think, while I was watching on my phone. Um, yeah. yeah, so this popped up on Facebook and I watched it. And it was a really interesting thing about um, a woman called Kim Noble who has dissociative personality disorder, which I believe is the thing that used to be referred to as multiple personality disorder. Yes. Um, and she's she's struggled with this a long time. Um to the degree that, like, she almost lost her uh, her firstborn daughter because of it, and um, she has this pretty badly. Um, she doesn't know exactly what triggered it. Um, it's the sort of thing that's usually triggered by some kind of trauma that requires dissociation from in order to keep sort of getting through life. Hmm. And she has about, I think it was fourteen or so that she talked about in the uh, in the documentary. Fourteen personalities and. For someone living with that many different dissociated people in the head, it can understandably, I, I imagine, it'd be really difficult to keep track of what's going on in your life and that sort of thing. Mm. And the way that she's chosen to do that, to try and keep on top of things and understand herself, is art. And she does a lot of painting. And yeah. it's really it's really amazing watching like the drastically different styles and themes that pop up in her art depending on mm. who is who is the one that's painting um yeah sometimes it's like f- line flicking abstract sometimes it's like really highly detailed intricate um like foreign language work um there, mm. there's there's like one personality that does a lot of very direct bleak trauma art and yeah all of it is really beautiful like i i struggle to name any artist that I've seen be this talented at this many unique completely disconnected styles of art 
Mm. Like, she really does excel at a great number of artistic disciplines, and it's really nice just watching the story of how, like, she's using these to understand herself better. Yeah. And and just her story in general is quite interesting yeah. in the way she talks about um, sort of the different personalities and how how the personalities themselves have each sort of grown and changed. So the, it, very interesting, definitely. Go and watch it. I definitely. Would um, I, it's only like 10 minutes or so, but it's like, it's well worth a watch. It's it's one of the better Vice things I've seen in a while. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what about you? Have you watched anything else? Um, I watched a thing on the TED channel on YouTube uh, called um, What Would a World Without Prisons Look Like? Tell me about uh, that. By Diana Van Buren. <laughs> um, she talks about sort of being an architect and, and sort of what sort of architecture to 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 create and um, spaces and and moving in and working with different people and talking about going into into prisons and sort of saying well what what do you need what sort of spaces do people need and then getting involved with um uh restorative justice buildings and and I can't remember where she said she went but she went to uh, to visit some people who were talking about these restorative justice buildings and where they had uh, created these spaces in communities for people to, to work together and work through things and um, help get certain people back into community, sort of following uh, prison mm. and uh, in, in even trying to avoid things like mass incarceration and um, helping... Um, sort of vulnerable persons in in tough situations and about what sort of spaces they need and how they can better serve the community Mm. and 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 by doing that sort of cut down on things like mass incarceration and and repeat offending yeah um and and i'm I'm sure some more uh sort of communist socialist people (laughs) will very much uh, agree with the concept that she's talking about because a lot of it does seem to boil down to we need to do more in the community we need to sort of help people we need to put in in things whereby people don't feel the need to offend because they're looked after if people have food and shelter in and and that their basic needs are sort of kept kept there then they don't need to do the things that end up getting them in prison exactly Um, and she talks about the kind of of um the kind of buildings that she's been working on specifically. Um, uh, so mobile refu- refuges for uh, vulnerable women. So basically just uh, women's retreats that are mobile. So you can take them in and out of a community as and, as and when they're needed. Uh, peacemaking centres. So people can sort of try and settle disputes be they family disputes or Hmm. or something bigger necessarily within a community and get people talking in these specifically designed spaces so the architecture itself lends into that and people become more willing to have these conversations um spaces that address uh, and and other spaces that addressed um Hmm. causes causes of mass incarceration so yeah, that's uh, a world. What what a world without prisons would look like by uh, Diana Van Buren. I, definitely worth a look. I definitely want to give that a look because I am definitely one of those people who is in the position of like, hey, for non non violent offences, like short, mm, 
the the prison pipeline basically just gets creates repeat offenders rather than like you know fixing problems and getting people back into society where they can be beneficial and you know let's look at the root causes that get people into that pipeline so that we don't have to send people there in the first place I'm one of those people. In America, it's largely racism. Yeah, it's 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 racism, and it's also because uh, the prisons are private and they make money now. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Racism and new 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 slavery. Nothing has changed really in America. They just found different ways 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 to do the awful things that they've done since. Depressingly, so they first got lost. Yeah. Well, that was chipper. Um, well, I can. End- you watched another thing. I did watch Please one cheer other thing. Please cheer us up with that, that is, thing. Yeah, I watched one other thing that's quite <laughs> chipper. I watched. Um, so recently in the UK, um, Netflix put up all seven seasons of the Great British Bake Off, or at least all seven uh, BBC series. And I, I didn't want to jump into season one because I was like, eh, it looks a little old and dated. I want to jump in when they've like established the format, but like earlier than when I started watching. So I jumped into season three of The Great British Bake Off, and for anyone who somehow doesn't yet know, it is a baking show where everyone is very polite and helps each other and everyone's very sweet and it's very lovely. Mm. It's basically like a bunch of amateur bakers trying to do this baking competition, but like the way that I try and sum up like the tone of this competition, because it is a competition, let's say someone is having a disastrous moment and something's broken down in their baking and they're running out of time and they can't be doing two things at once and they're panicking. Another contestant guaranteed who's ahead of themselves and like got some time to spare in the competition will come over and be like, right, how can I help you? And will help them fix their thing. Because it's just all love and hugs. And then like, if someone has to get sent home, everyone does hugs and loves and it's just very sweet. It's very heartwarming. Yeah. And it makes me very hungry every time I watch it because they make <laughs> such nice looking things. Oh, yeah. I, I've never watched it, but <gasps> I, I know of it. I, I, I don't watch TV, so... Well, I think at some point I'm going to have to sit you down and we're going to have to watch some Great British Bake Off sometime. So I because I about Soggy Bottoms? Yep, Soggy Bottoms. Um, I, I do have to note, there is like I, my claim to fame of Great British Bake Offness is about a year ago I got uh, Louis Troiano from oh, yeah. the Great British Bake Off to review a quiche as part of a game review. I promised there was a reason for it, but look up Let's Play Video Games uh, Great British Bake Off quiche. You'll probably find it. What was the game? Uh, oh, it was Tales of Bessaria? Symphonia? Uh, yeah. One of the Tales of games. Let me look. Let's play video games Tales of Review uh, Tales of Bessaria brackets oh, Bessaria. Yeah, so th- the article is called Review Tales of Bessaria brackets while Bake Off's Louis Troiano bakes a quiche um, the reason for this was with the review code, they for some reason sent out um, a, a recipe for quiche and a chef's hat and an apron and some cooking utensils. I wasn't entirely sure why, so I got Louis to bake a quiche. I remember you having that conversation and indeed that thought about how you were going to go about it. Yeah, it was it was Because certainly... I remember you were originally suggesting the idea of just reviewing the quiche. Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> not considering the game. only reviewing the quiche and not the game, but I quite enjoyed the back and forth of, of reviewing the quiche and the game as one review. Um, yeah. It was not a very good quiche recipe. Uh, no. Like, he this, this, it, I believe. Yeah, this was someone that, like, 
was on a baking competition was like, this recipe skips out so many vital steps that would have ruined the quiche. <laughs> you would have a big squishy melty quiche, because it doesn't even talk about blind baking, does it? No, it doesn't talk about blind baking. Like, it, it's not a good quiche recipe. Um, so yeah, that that that's everything I've watched this week. Have you watched anything else? Uh, no, that's that's it. Well, in that case, it's time for whatever this is. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Cooking with What's Left in Your Fridge. It's three days before payday and our contestants are here today trying to make a three-course meal out of the stuff they've got left in our, in their kitchens. Tell us about our contestants today. What are they cooking with? I've got these mouldy carrots and uh, a bit of uh, slightly crispy cheese. I may have left it unwrapped in the fridge. Uh, there's also a limp bit of celery and uh, half a tin of beans that's a little bit fuzzy on top. And today, our contestant will be cooking for... Their family who've just come in from out of town and are expecting some food. And this is very important, you've got to make this meal count, because otherwise they're going to think that you are not a successful adult. So, how are we going to deal with the mould on those carrots? We're going to shave it first, make sure we get all that nice off. But uh, don't worry, we're going to fry that up later with a little bit of garlic, because uh, there's, there's half a, a garlic clove that I found underneath the fridge while I was preparing for the show. So we're going to fr- fry the mould up, that'll be like a little mushroom on to entree, because it's all fungus, right? Oh, it's all uh, fungus then, indeed. Then we're going to ch- chop up the carrots and the celery. Uh, I've, I found... Uh, uh, some onion skins in the recycling bin. Managed to fish that out. We're going to chop it all up and, and, and make a, a nice soup. And we'll add the beans in. And of course, like every student, I've got a, a small packet of noodles left. Oh, that is, sounds like a fantastic main course you've got going right there. And as we all know, if you cook something hot enough, it kills all of the germs. So you're not going to make anyone sick as long as you cook it, right? I would imagine so. I, I've not. I'm not studying that side of uh, uh, anything at school. Oh. To be honest, I haven't turned up for a lecture in about six months. I'm pretty sure that makes you the same as pretty much everyone within university. Right, we're gonna go take an ad break, but after that, we're gonna find out how our cons- our uh, contestant is gonna make a dessert out of the fridge that uh, the. the f- out of the mouldy fruit that they have in their fruit bowl and a little bit of ice cream that really isn't going to go very far. Until next time, that cooking show where contestants have to make a meal out of stuff left in their fridge. <laughs> so, you know everyone, I've, 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 just, I've just heard word. We're, mo- we're, we're having a house move. House move is happening. Oh, good. I'm, I'm happy to find myself in a brand new drawer. Oh, you really reckon you're all coming along? Half a pack of thumbtacks, really? Yeah, you never know when you might need thumbtacks, hanging up Christmas cards or, or fairy lights or, oh. or, you know, just holding it up. Anything like a poster. I know, but, like, really, that is, you, thumbtacks, you're the kind of thing that they'll just buy some more when they get there because they don't want to worry about, like, oh, what if the, the pack opens up and they step on them or something. Oh, no, I've still got the bit of tape they wrapped around me last time we moved. Mm. See, I'm, I'm confident I'm going to make the move. I... The USB cable that's the spare one for if the main one goes away. You, you always need the spare one. Oh, yeah, certainly, certainly. Although, uh, that one over there looks a bit concerning. Why are you picking on me? I should, I should be allowed to come. I'm an RF switch. You never know when you might get a new Super Nintendo. Mm, see, here's the thing. I, um, 
I, I would have said yes a couple of years ago if we'd moved, but now that, you know, the Super Nintendo Mini and things like that are out, they're just going to plug him into the HDMI, aren't they? What's an HDMI? Exactly. Oh, you know. See, here's what I'm wondering about. I'm wondering, they're going to take them batteries this time. No one knows if those batteries have charge in them or not. What's the, what's the Ben? What's the Ben? Do they even test them first or do they just take them? They don't seem to have moved or said anything for some considerable time. Well, here's the thing. Um, You know, the only thing people use batteries for anymore is for the TV remote. And TV remote, you can put dead batteries in that. And as long as you hit the remote a couple of times, it will it, work somehow. So that, they'll probably take them. I don't know. They do seem to get through quite a lot of batteries upstairs. I'm not sure what happens to them all. Oh, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. What about the cable ties? Do you think the cable ties are going? We're going, we're always going. They'll always need us. There's cables. You lot get very rowdy, so we have to keep you all in check. <laughs> See, at least we're at least we're not as unlikely to be taken as uh, that last poor sod over there. What's that? The Chinese takeaway menu. No, I'm... I've been here for as long as people have ever known. I've I've been through several house moves. I am the best Chinese in the area. Well, yeah, until they change that chef. They're moving. They're moving just outside the delivery zone. I think your days are numbered. But no, no, they have to take me off. I'm I'm, I'm the lifeblood. I'm their favourite Chinese. You can't do this to me. They don't deliver to you anymore. No. So, so, oh, oh, so, two so's, so and so's, so and so's. What have you listened to this week? So many listened. Uh, well, we did, we did a go, we did go out to a party. We went out so. dancing and we did listen to some new music. We 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 spent about eight hours listening to new music. I I think there are two bits of music we listened to this weekend, or like two bands that I just wanted to give a, a nod to. Definitely, um, Sam Battalion. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, that, how how would you describe them? They, they they were like probably like a fifteen piece like drum group g- group. Um, and it was quite magical just being like crammed in this like tiny room with just like this huge group of drummers doing their thing, and like yeah, they had a very charismatic um conductor that was doing their thing, and yeah, the conductor was brilliant. It was it was magical. Like I. We, we we tried looking for them on YouTube and like there are some videos of Sam Battalion playing, but like uh, there's it's not the same. It's thing, not the though. same as being in the room where it's just like you crammed in a room with fifteen drums. Yeah, oh, it was um, and plenty of cowbell. Yes, always more. Cowbell. If if anyone gets a chance and sees Sam Battalion's playing somewhere, go see him. Um, Definitely. And the other one I wanted to give a nod to was Ushti Baba, yeah. which was like a sort of eight piece or so like folk band. Like um, they, folk scar, folk scar, a little bit of rock. Yeah. Like it, I don't know how better to describe them, but like they had a very sort of like scar and folk mixed feel. Um, oh. They used a lot of different instruments. They didn't have a, a percussionist. They had a beatboxer. Oh heck! Which yeah. was super cool. Like it took me a while to realize. Oh wait, they they just have a beatboxer. It was a very good one. Yeah. Yeah. But... Jungle Turbo Folk Step. <laughs> Well, haha, that 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 is some words. So yeah, those those are like the two in particular from our night out where I'm like, I just wanted to give them a nod. Yeah, they were definitely good. Yeah, and they had that awesome mix of oh. 
Ah, uh, what was it? Shake, um, shake your tail, tail feather. feather. Yes. Come on, bass mix. Do you know what that mix is called now? Okay, it's uh, Ray, Ray Charles and the Blues Brothers Shake Your Tail Feather Father Funk Remix. Oh, it it was just what we needed to get us like moving. Heck yeah, it was. Because um, that was quite near the beginning of the night, and it, I think it was the first time I was just like. Excuse me, I need some space. Yes, <laughs> I'm about well, to, you uh... saw how I danced to that. I, it was it, <laughs> we both did. Yeah, it got it got my my wiggle going. <laughs> uh, it was yeah, a very it's a very good track. mix. So if you can find that, it's a good one. Um, it is. Yeah, should I talk about a couple of my my things that Spotify recommended me this week? Because yeah. that's how I always find music. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ever want to give us a sponsorship, just let me know, Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> um. So there's a there's a track I really enjoyed called It Gets Better by Alice Band. Uh, it's got a very okay. soulful sort of um, female singer over a slightly sorrowful piano and acoustic guitar intro. But like it, when it kicks into its chorus, it kicks into like more of an upbeat, slightly jazzy track with a nice sort of driving drum beat. It builds in intensity a lot as it goes. Um, sort of ebbing and flowing, like relaxing a little bit and then building in intensity, relax a little mm. build. Um, yeah, it's just got... The way that the music is built has this sort of really hopeful growth to it that mm. is very fitting for a track called It Gets Better. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's one I recommend this week. What about you? You listen yes. to anything? Um, I listen to um, Sav- Savlonic's latest album, Oh, uh, Emulator. This is the band that's uh, who who who. It's Weebles band. Weebles band, yeah. Weebles yeah, band, where it's, it's not silly you know, things so much and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, it's sort of eighties electro tracks remixed um, in that uniquely Savlonic style. It's it's very pretty. It sounds good. Um, it, yeah, it was it was a, a, a good listen for. I think. I think it's about a forty-minute-long track, a uh, forty-minute-long album. Uh, would recommend to anyone who likes their electro and and wants to support more, Mister Weeble. Yeah, I I need to listen to more of their stuff because, like, probably about half a decade ago, like back in like twenty twelve, when they put out stuff like the Driver, I I was super into the Driver. Mm. And I've just never really followed Savlonic, and I I need to just sit down and listen to a bunch of their stuff and see whether more than just that one track appeals to um, me. Yeah, I mean it's if you if you like that sound, pretty much all of it has that perfect sound. Yeah, I, um, but I can only listen to so much in a go. Yeah, that's fair because it all has that one same sound. Um, Pretty much, but yeah, no. Like the driver is the one track of that that was like, oh, oh, that really, that 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 was my track for a while. Yeah, that's um, a good track. Yeah. Um, have you listened to anything else? Uh, I listened to a track called "Boat Rich" by a band called Dads. It's okay. it's sort of a bouncy indie rock track. Um, uh-huh. Male vocalist sort of singing about trying to get by and financial inspir- uh, financial aspirations. It's uh-huh. yeah, it's just like a a very pleasant like indie rock track about like struggling to get by sometimes and wanting things to get better in that respect. It's not not much Ooh. more else to it. It's just just a nice track. Ooh, what about nice. you? Um, well, having listened all the way through um, 
emulator, I then got list uh, sound soundcloud. Uh, it's not soundcloud. Spotify. Spotify. <laughs> Spotify then decided it knew everything I needed to hear and promptly threw me a load of uh, chip tunes slash uh, <laughs> electro. So I'm uh, just going to rattle a few off. Colossus Zircon. Uh, chip tune by Dub Mod, which is beautiful, very chippy um, electro. Uh, and Electric Girl by She. Ah. Good, good chippy computery synthy cool. electro fun times. Uh, I have well, lots of square wave. <laughs> I have a couple of other ones to quickly rattle off. Um, mm-hmm. Transitioning seamlessly by push over. If only that was possible. Oh, if only. Um, it's some like very precise sort of speed rock with um, very sort of like angry, impassioned male vocalist on top. It's the kind okay. of track that just makes you want to like go, 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 go sort of thing. It's a very good like drive slightly too fast. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) So uh, there's a there's a band I've talked about before, or an artist I've talked about before, Human Kitten. Um, Mm -hmm. I have another song of theirs that I I found this week and very much enjoyed. Uh, I kinda suck. Um, Ah. Yeah, so it's just a one one person and uh, one one person and the guitar. um, Mm -hmm. Like they use they them pronouns. um, Sort of singing about trying to overcome anxiety and how it's okay sometimes to muddle through trying to get through anxiety like you might not be getting through it the right way but if you're getting through it you're getting through it and that's okay like there's no shame in muddling through Mm. um the track touches on some like tough topics like um the role of people missing you and the role that can play in like sticking around when you're feeling suicidal Mm. the sort of like yeah, but I need to hold on to the fact there would be people who would miss me and trying to like hold on to facts like that. Uh, it yeah. talks about uh, the the song talks about some like difficult things like being too tied up in other people's opinions of you and wanting to care less about how you're seen but not being able to help it. Mm. It's a really beautiful track that like touches on some heavy stuff but does it really well. Yeah. So yeah, human kitten. Mm. I I am. Every time I hear one of their tracks, I'm really enjoying it. Nice. Um, it's always good when you can find a new artist to get into. Yeah. What about you? Have you listened to anything else? Ooh, yes. Uh, I finished listening to uh, I Know Ross and Kerry Find Their Rhythmia. Ooh, uh, yes. the last part of that came out today. I've not listened to the last part, but I've listened to most of it now. Yeah, it's... Um, well, it's, it's an interesting thing, and I, I, I quite like the... Oh, uh, after everything else that happened, they still believe that if you're going to do ayahuasca, that's probably about the safest place you could go and do it. Yeah, like, I think that is a good thing to take away from that series, is, like, for all the problems that, like, could happen with Rhythmia, Mm. you're still in a place where, like, there are multiple witnesses if anything is happening, and, like, they do have stuff on site, and, like, it's... It's better than a lot of other methods people make use of in order to go try a ayahuasca. Yeah. It's probably the safest option of the options. Yeah. So yeah. Has, has, has finishing that sort of... Have you got the bug for Morona, Ross and Carrie after that? Um, I don't know. I, I think I need a, a bit of a break from it. Um, That's so fair. I, 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 might, I might try some more. Uh, I listened to a little bit of their um, 
flat earth stuff. Oh, uh, yes. And, and I, I quite like the way they interact, uh, interact together. I just feel like that show needs a third person. <laughs> I don't know. I, I really... I don't know why. I, I really like their, their, their back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they definitely have a good back and forth. And, yeah. And they seem like good friends and smart and they do their research. Yeah. Uh, and they don't seem to go into things... You know, they they do seem to have a general critical mind with for those things. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, going in, okay, we do think it's bullshit, but we are going to listen. Well, and, yeah, and, you know, if you give us... I, I feel that they have enough of a science head that if someone genuinely presented them information that disproved something that they strongly believed, yeah. I think they would change their opinion. Having, having listened to that podcast for a while, they definitely have changed their opinions on some things as a result mm. of investigations. Um, yeah. And, like, they've been genuinely surprised by going into some of these things open-minded. Like, one in particular was uh, holotropic breathwork. Yeah, I want to listen to that. Yeah, one. which is... I'm a bit curious. Yeah, for anyone that. who's unsure, it's basically the idea of getting high by doing, like, very specific breathing. Ooh. And... Yeah, no, they went and did holotropic breath work, and they 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 tripped. They 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 went on a, a bit of an adventure, and they were like, "Oh, heck, I guess you can get high by breathing." Well, that sounds right up my alley. Yeah, it it <laughs> they they explain in one of their episodes how like the full instructions of how you would holotropic breath work. Oh, so wow, that's that's one where like they went in thinking like they just assumed it would be bullshit, and then were like. I was just breathing, and then I was high. Did they find out scientifically what's actually happening? Um, I believe it's to do with oxygen deprivation. Oh, uh, okay. I think it's the same... So s- kind of dangerous, really. Kind of dangerous. It's, as I understand it, and this is, like, me summarising without having, like, prepped research for this, I believe it's kind of the same thing as when people get a high from something like whippets, where it's, like, you are slightly starving your brain of oxygen. However, it's not as intense. It's not as much of you not wow, breathing. less intense it, than with yeah. it. It's, well, it's it's not you not breathing at all, and it's not you putting something that can't be processed into you. Mm. It is just using your breathing to, like, just lower your, your like, breathing enough that you start having this high, but not so much that you're doing massive damage. Okay. That seems to be the general idea, I think. I might try it sometime. Um, although I never really like getting high on Nas, because it made my teeth hurt after a while. It I cannot explain why. Uh, well, yeah, it's... There There are certain things that, like, appeal to me and certain things that don't, and, like, mm. you know, that, that never appealed to me, but I'm like, the, the idea of, like, even just wants to be, like, breathing until you're high... Sounds interesting. Yeah. Just no, just to know what you what you do. Yeah. The government can't make it illegal to breathe. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, it'll probably be covered under the psychoabsence uh, psychoactive is, substance. Is oxygen bill. going to become a psychoactive substance? <laughs> oh, it probably is. The government will probably be charging people for having breathed and, and that's how they'll get rid of people uh, that uh, argue against them. Uh so yeah, Odo, Ross, and Carrie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Did you have anything else? Uh, I had one other track I wanted to mention. Um, mm-hmm. It's called "Your Ambition" (POS) by Chris Oric. Mm-hmm. It's a very sort of chill spoken word track with a really nice lightweight snare riff sort of beat. Mm. Um, it's it sort of sings about valuing ambition and the fight above sort of the end result. Um, 
like love your failures love what you know what makes you weak because it lets you be ambitious mm. yeah it's just got this really nice like very light sort of like trills and riffs on the hi-hat sort of beat under it. It's just a very chill spoken word track. It's really nice. nice. Hmm. So yeah, that's Excellent. that's everything I've listened to this week. Um, I got two more I'm just going to rattle off quickly. Yeah. Uh, River Trance by 1200 Micrograms and Mark's Terrace by Pete Bog Fairies. Yeah. Both slightly Irish dance done as um, drum and bassy trancey tracks. So yeah. Yeah. There you go. I think that's everything I've listened to. Well. And who'd have thought that this would be the week where listened massively outweighed played? <laughs> who would have thought? <laughs> hello, Nintendo Tech Support. Uh, hello, yes. I'm having a bit of trouble trying to run one of your computer games. Um, which one are you having trouble with? I've purchased a copy of The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which I was very interested to play as I'd seen the reviews, but unfortunately, it seems that I'm unable to get it to work. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. Is this a digital or a physical copy? Oh, it's a physical copy. I purchased it from my local game store. Okay, and what what's happening when you try and get it to run? Oh, nothing. I'm I'm getting absolutely nothing at all. My 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 television is completely blank. Hmm. Have you checked um that all the cables plugged into your TV correctly? Oh yes, all the cables definitely, and it's it's certainly turned on. I've I've even turned it off and on again just to make sure. You know what they say with tech support. <laughs> oh, oh, I know, I know. Um, have you uh, have you checked that you've put the cartridge in the correct way round? Uh, yes, the the cartridge is is, is in there. It it seems to be up the up the way that it was. I, I did try it up the other way just in case, but it doesn't seem to fit as quite as well. Hmm, I'm having real issues nailing down your problem. Um, can you go into the Switch's uh, settings menu and tell me if there's any error codes coming up? Uh, what? Sorry. The 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 Switch. Uh, I don't, I don't have a Switch. Uh, is that is that on the telly? No, that's the console you need to play the game. Oh no, I've just got the box. I put it near the TV. It's not going to work, unfortunately. I'll send you an email explaining how you can buy a Switch to put the game in that will then play on the TV. Thank you very much for calling Nintendo Tech Support. Thank you. How's it going, yeah? Oh, yeah, bro. Oh, yeah, it's, it's going well. I've, I've been up all yeah. night, you know, being be proper, proper hardcore with, with you know, everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, to... uh, you, you see that new silver yarn they, they just released? Don't know about, don't know about silver. Got, got me some, some nice acrylic, you know, going oh. for some of the synthetic stuff. Oh, no, that's just, that's just you know, that's only, oh, no one goes with that. That's for nerds, innit? Well, then just consider me a nerd, I guess, you know? I guess um, not up for using like the angora or you know mohair or nothing. Well, if if is is the thing, I wonder what what kind of what kind of techniques you're doing because if you ain't doing pearl stitch, you're just being a casual. Well, you know, it's not just knit one pearl one. You know, sometimes nah. I want to go for like a waffle stitch or a oh. basket stitch. Ah, uh, okay, you pulled that back. You pulled that back. A waffle stitch is a proper good one. Oh, oh, you 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 heard about the uh, the, the big uh, wool conference that's going on? Uh, you know, next month they they're gonna be they're gonna be unveiling all of the. Uh, the latest uh, little st- that, what what are the name sticks called that you use for for holding the wool while you do the thing. I should really know this. 
that's needles that's oh, basic needles. bruh needles. How, do you, oh, how do you not know that i i don't know you know i, I just get i just do the knitting i don't i don't get myself hung up get on like how it's done do i i'm not like a knitting developer am i look everyone who is knitting is a knitting dev yeah you know, I don't have to know what it's called to stick it in the wool and do my, my pearl stitch, do I? Look, it's not all purling. Sometimes it's knitting. Knit one pearl one, you know? And sometimes you need different things, you know? You want to, like, have a drop or, or an over. Ah, uh, you know. Yeah, you, I, I was just completely... I, I, I didn't give you the credit that you deserved, did I? You, you, are, you clearly know your knitting stuff. It sounds like you're a bit of a knitting noob, but you've just come over here and just, you just start saying random stuff and, and no, you, you're trying no to throw problem. in all the lingo and no I'm problem, no problem. going like, to... to, to... I, I, no, it is, here's the thing. I, you know what yeah. I did You know what I did the other day? Yeah. I went I went to a knitting club, which is like the land club equivalent, you know. I, it's just all of us like doing our knitting together, all hooked up doing knitting. Oh, it's proper good. Nothing yeah, like, knit, good. Nothing like knitting in, in company, is there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you get you get your headset on and everyone's, like, intensely knitting. Oh, no. I, I once spent, like, a good two weeks knitting. It was a good fortnight. What did you... Uh, oh, oh what did you, you, you knit? What did you knit? Uh, you know, like, I, I knitted an entire three-piece suit, waistcoat, jacket, trousers uh, for a friend to wear at a wedding. Oh, see, all I'm doing right now, I'm just knitting some socks, you know. Socks are socks are good. They're comfy. Got to start somewhere. That's oh, like it's, level it's one knitting. It's not because I got to start there. I just like socks. I like comfy socks. I'll, I, you know, I do I do more complicated stuff. But just sometimes I like a nice new clean pair of socks. What I what I what I knitted. Yeah, you know, I'll not I'll knit anything. You know, like socks, gloves, sausage rolls. Ah, oh, duh. Right. Well, this, this has been good, but like, I've I, I got to go because like um they got they got some new symbols in down the road. I got to go. Got to go nice. check them out. Nice. Uh, yeah, we're knitting life, yo. Knitting for life. <laughs> Do you know what I want to see more of? What I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? I want to see more. I want to see more, 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 more. Brochure justice. A brochure justice warriors. Ba-dum, ba-dum. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, how are you, how are you doing today? Uh, how are you doing today, Barry? Uh, um, you know what, Larry? I have... Bloody at it with these trans exclusionary rad- radical feminists. Oh goodness, what are they doing this time? Well, as usual, the the war on on trans women goes uh, on uh, un- unabated, but uh, uh, you know they don't seem to largely ignore trans men, which is a problem in its own right. But most recently, I've just seen this growing trend of uh, just a lot of very, I would consider like, I mean, not. You know, I perhaps shouldn't be the person speaking on behalf of feminism, but, you know, uh, it just feels very... Uh, it's quite, it's a bit problematic when you get, you know, they, they were saying that this uh, this YouTube shooter, uh, she, who, who'd been seen in a picture, oh, yeah. she had a bit of muscle definition. And all, all these people saying, well, that, that must must be a trans woman, must be, must be a trans woman, because uh, cis women don't look like that. We oh, don't have indeed. muscles. I'm indeed. sure there are some bodybuilders that would have a lot of problems with their statement. Yeah, there was a lot of nonsense going. There was there was sort of a witch hunt of like, what can we do to prove that this person is trans? Because it seemingly it boiled down to they didn't want to admit that like that there had been a, 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 a cis woman mass shooter, and they you know wanted another excuse to be anti-trans women, and they they try to construct this narrative that just wasn't a thing, and it 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 just kind of 
showed off, didn't it? Quite how, quite how much of their rhetoric in trying to hurt trans women ultimately hurts cis women as well. Like that, you know, they are completely well, exactly. anti-feminist. They are hurting women as a whole. Well, exactly. Um, you know, I have a very good friend who has a, a polycystic ovarian uh, disorder, and, and you know, she is is you know. Quite, quite a, a, a hairy young lady, uh, but you know that doesn't make her any less of a woman. Oh, indeed. And I, I, I have a friend who is very fiercely Italian, and and she, you know, she says it is just a thing. Mediterranean women from that sort of area do end up reaching a certain age very often, and, and will have quite quite a tash on there. And you know that's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just that's how your body changes. But as far as I can tell, these these particular uh, so-called feminists would 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 use that as a as a, an excuse to say, well, you're less of a woman. Oh, indeed, we've seen like a real flip reverse of uh, of feminist uh, dialogue ever since like the yeah. attempts came in to try and discredit trans women because you start getting like you know you had a po- you had a point in time where feminism was very much sort of. You know, it doesn't matter if you if you're hairier or if you have these interests or if you you know if you like to present masculinely or if you have you know all these things don't make yeah. you any less you know deserving of femininity. And these are all sort of things that are afforded to cis women. And then when it comes to trans women, those same things are used as like, oh no, you're too hairy. You're clearly not not woman enough, or you know you don't have these interests, or you don't act in this way. And it's it's counterintuitive yeah. because it's completely, you know, in in their attempts to say trans women are not traditionally feminine enough to be women, what they're doing is they're in effect like tearing down, like, like you know, they're putting up walls yeah. of what of what women full stop can be, and that's just completely antithetical to what feminism's been trying to do for like twenty years. I grew up in the eighties. I I remember uh, like quite a strong movement for you know women deliver very deliberately to not dress uh, as they were expected to. They w- they wore comfortable shoes. Yeah. They wore comfortable. This baggy was the clothes. like burn your bras and let your arm hair. Uh, you, you know your underarm hair grow out era. Let your underarm hair grow out. Let your arm hair grow out if you happen to have it. You know whatever of yeah. these things. You know. It's, it's, all people were built differently, whether you be cis or trans or whatever. Yeah. You know these these these. The, to, it's it's sort of gone in a loop. There's been there was that that whole movement of of women saying, yeah, you know, you can be as hairy as you want. You don't have to do your hair. You don't have to wear makeup. And then it comes to like, it it's, it sort of comes to trans women and and. You had uh, the GICs very much expected trans women to present oh, in a certain way. If you don't way. turn up in you know, a dress, if you're, not present- you're not you're not getting exactly. ahead. Exactly, and then and then you know you get all these feminists at that time going, oh well, look at them—they present this hyper hyper feminine thing. And if you happen to be a trans woman who wants to dress hyper feminine, then more power to you. That that is absolutely yeah. right. It is your body, and you know if you're a cis woman who wants to present hyper feminine. At any age, that is absolutely your right. And then suddenly, there's these feminists who are turning around, going, "Well, actually, you you have to be this uh, stereotype of, of a woman," and and that very much is is really beating down a lot of what feminism has, has fought for over over the last yeah. however long forever. Exactly. Not you know it it, it hurts seeing you know seeing trans women hurt by this stuff, but like I think yeah. I think. 
ultimately the thing that you got to get those those uh, trans-exclusionary people to see is like, you know, you, you know what's, what's that phrase? Um, cutting your nose to spite your face. It's the, uh, yeah. you know, in your attempts to to uh, shut certain people out of out of femininity, you're shutting out people that you don't, that you don't, that even you don't think should be shut out of femininity. It's, yeah. Exactly. You know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, I... As soon as you dig into those like trans exclusionary arguments, so many of them just don't yeah. hold up because you know they'll be like, "Well, you're, you know, trans women aren't women because they, you know, uh, have these genitals," and then you're like, "Well, not all of them do." Okay, well they uh, yeah. don't have, uh, they don't don't have an ovaries. It's like, well, it's neither neither do some cis women, and all these things yep. like they're they're just. They're just yeah. It's like they are the least feminists. It's it's like the these this particular brand of radical feminism is the least feminist of, of any indeed. sort. If anything, it's more reinforcing the patriarchy oh, that they claim to be fighting against. Indeed, it's it's it's, it's problematic all hell and just anyone who says that you know that they are anti-trans for those reasons, but also calls himself a feminist. There's a bit of there's a bit of double speak going on there. A huge amount of hypocrisy. Yeah. Well, that was, that was a good healthy chat there. It's always always good yeah, chatting to yeah. you. Hope, hope you have a hope you always have a good chat. You too. Do you need a bra? <gasps> uh, no, actually, I took mine off about lunchtime today. Uh, okay, so we'll find out if I need one then. Do you need a bra? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, after you, please. No, 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 no. Please tell me. No, you said you didn't need a bra after you. Tell me of your proffered bras. No, tell me of your bras. Perhaps you could could sway me into the requirement of bra. (laughs) Okay, well, if I'm going to do that, I need to quickly look up my thing. (laughs) So after all that. (laughs) I was mainly after your reaction. (laughs) Do you need a bra? Mm. That you can wear to a nudist beach. Huh? Um. Y- yeah. No bra. No bra. <laughs> no bra. No bra. Do you need a bra that will announce in a very deep voice that it has concerns? Yes. I'm low key worried, bra. <laughs> 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 Do you need a bra that can perform both a lullaby, a Hungarian dance, a violin concerto, and a piano concerto? Yeah, yes. That's Johann's Brahms. Oh. 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 Good gravy. Oh. Forgive oh, me for my no, sins. No, no, never forgive. Never forget. I love you. I love you too. Do you need a bra that holds lamp covers? Yes. Throwing shade, bra. <laughs> uh. Do you need a bra that goes through a bag and identifies which things for uh, which things in there are for which person? Yes. What's in it for me, bra? <laughs> <laughs> Do you need a bra that is about two degrees C 
uh, that will quickly strike fishing equipment with a finger. Yes. Netflix and chill, brah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it. I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) So, I think that's about all we have time for today. Thank you very much for joining us. Laura! Me? Whence can we find you, my dear? Whence? You can find me at Laura K. Buzz, pretty much everywhere on the internet. Drop that very quickly. Uh, Laura K. Buzz, everywhere on the internet. Kotaku.co.uk, Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. You can also find me on Dice Funk, which is the Dungeons & Dragons Real Play podcast. I'm on seasons 3 and 4. They're all self-contained stories. I think that's the big things. Go check those out. What about you, Jane? I can be found at stonemonkeyradio.blog and other places uh twitter maniac janiac youtube maniac janiac and i think that's about it but that those are the things that i do Woo, so thank you very much for listening to another episode of queer and pleasant strangers and until next time be a stranger <laughs>